Hello, welcome to another episode of HR Nightmares. And I'm here with Beth Looney and Andrea Walker of Lighthouse Films. We've got a super special guest in Andrea as she's been um, a friend and client of Leith HR Group for several years now. Three years. Time flies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but we're going to dig into uh, the film industry and looking at what Andrea and her husband, Brad, who who co-own Lighthouse Films, have to deal with. Um, and of course, we love stories. So we love talking about HR nightmares and you can blind the names and you can blind the films or whoever you are working with externally. But you've got a long history of working in film. And so we'd love to hear some great stories from you. We're here to give realistic advice. And as a reminder, we are... Um, we are somebody's HR person, but we're not your HR person yet, unless you want a contract <laughs> with us. So take everything that we say with a grain of salt. Um, and of course, we want you to submit those write-ins. That's the best part about some of these episodes is we all sort of play uh, HR consultant for anonymous HR write-ins. So we'll put your knowledge to the test. So anyway, um, with no further ado, I want to formally introduce Andrea. So um, like I said, she co-owns Lighthouse Films. Go check them out. Um, a lot of their creatives are just really fun to watch, like vibrant, action-packed. Um, and I and if you go to their website, one of the things, and we've talked about this before, but your mission is like a really cool mission. I don't know how much time you spent on that, but I want to ask you about that. Um, they started making promotional camp videos in Maine. I love Maine. And uh, grew quickly. And so they're a full-service boutique digital cinema production company. Again, go check them out. Lighthouse has definitely become a powerhouse for national brand. Um, they're doing all kinds of commercial filming, high-end stock photography for Getty. That's huge. What I like, too, is you're multidimensional, and you've got um, a headquarters in Wilmington's historic Brooklyn Arts District, and they actually completed a restoration of a historic building and won an award for that. So you're like crazy award-winning power couple down there in downtown Wilmington. <laughs> They're trying. Um, they do it all. And like I said, her and Beth have worked together for three years now. And so we're so lucky to have you um, in our network and appreciate you trusting us with that. But let's turn it over. I'm going to turn it over to the two of you. You've got a great rapport. I know Beth's got tons of questions for I know. Andrea. It has been really fun. We have worked it together for fun. three years. I know. It's crazy. It has flown by. Yeah, it has yeah. really flown by. And we've had some really great highs and a couple little eh, eh, yeah. mostly the highs. I would say every business has a little yeah. Eh, eh. But yeah. yeah. I think one thing is really interesting is small business, a lot of people that listen are owners of small businesses. Lisa has is owning this small business. You're owning this one. I've owned one in the past. What are some of the big struggles you see in owning a small business? Well, first I want to highlight what I love about mm-hmm. owning a small yeah. business. Like in COVID really, I think, showed all of us that like small business and entrepreneurs are the backbone of this country. And so I tell, we have two kids. I tell them all the time, like, I want you to be entrepreneurs because it just helps you learn how to collaborate and be a team and shift and be flexible. And you can just invent things out of thin air. So that's what I love about being a small business owner. What's what's hard about being a small business owner is you wear multiple hats all the time. And that also can be really fun because it never, ever gets stagnant, ever. Um, but it's really hard because you are doing five jobs every day. Uh, well, also, so you're working really with creatives. You're, you're working yeah. with creatives. So that's like a whole, you know, you kind of get a picture for like, okay, if you're working with engineers all day, that's one thing. You're working with uh, consultants all day. That's another thing. You're working with creatives all day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. tell us about that. 
Uh, super emotional. You know, like we pride ourselves on our footage, like being emotionally charged. Well, that comes with like emotionally charged personalities. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. Like we feel so big at our company, but that means you feel the highs and then you really feel <laughs> like the lows or the like Beth was saying, like you feel everything. And so um, our company just like, you know, being a small business, being a family owned business, like it is a family. So like we have tried to operate sometimes like, oh, let's be, let's try being a little more cor corporate, you know, and that, that's just not who we are. And we're like, no, we only know how to operate as a family. And so we, we just feel everything really big. I think What's it one, like for you working with them? It is. I, I love it. I honestly we have, do. We have awesome people. Yeah. It's, I think it's, I love to see how you all interact. And one thing I, I love is I think that you give your creative team such huge boundaries. I don't think you fence them in by, you know, I think you I, have to. I love that. And I think that, that their work then is better for it. Yeah. Know? And you have to trust the people that you surround yourself with. And so, oh my gosh, I could go on and on with everything that Beth has helped <laughs> us with. But, you know, part of it is making sure that you're hiring the right team. So you identify, you know, your company values and then you make sure that the employees that you're hiring have same or similar values. So then you can have these like wide pastures that they can just like play and, and they, they run with it. It's pretty amazing. One thing I think is really neat with them too is that the hiring is so important, especially with such a small company oh, with yeah. a bunch of oh, creatives yeah. and you yeah. just, you cannot ruin that culture that you have built, right? Yeah. And yeah. I think it's been interesting. Sometimes when we've done a big recruiting project and we aren't really finding or sourcing the right people, we'll just pause it. And yeah. you, so we're not forced into hiring somebody. And I love that, that you guys understand that. Yeah. it. We would rather not hire or rush into a hire and have someone that's not the right fit because that's not good for them. It's not good for us. And like going back to that, like family business, small company culture, like we've worked so hard to develop the culture that we have that like you, you're really protective of it. So it's nothing for us to interview someone like five times, six times, come see us twice, talk to Beth, talk to me. And, um, good, we're going to have you go out to lunch with the team you're going to work with. Like, we have to make sure that everyone feels really good about it. Did you have to make a mistake to realize that you have to be slow to hire um, the way that you are? Because one body is such a big piece of the pie on your on your smaller team. Yeah. And, you know, everyone comes to Lighthouse for a different period of time. And Brad and I just keep reminding ourselves they are here for the amount of time that they're supposed to be here. And you try not to take it personal you know, when they decide to move on. Wow, that's so mature. <laughs> it is. Like, <laughs> literally nobody has ever said that. I said the word try. You know, of course, like, you internalize everything. Um, but then we just have to, like, wish them well wherever they're going and hope that we were able to give them as much as we could while they were with us. But, of course, we, we have realized by maybe some quick hires or – um, maybe someone that has different values than Lighthouse. And again, I'm not saying that in a negative way. One of our values is flex flexibility, which means you have to be okay with the gray because you have to be okay wearing multiple hats. You have to be able to shift really quickly. Well, that's not a predictable environment. And some people really want to have a predictable environment where 
They know what their job description is, and each day is going to fall within that job description. And there's nothing wrong with that either. That's yeah. just our company can't operate that way. I think it's really funny sometimes the question that I think we get where we're like, oh, I wish you didn't ask. So what's <laughs> a typical day in the life? And yeah. you're like, there's nothing typical. Like, don't and, ask And that's the perfect answer. Like, right, right. There's nothing typical. Yeah. Is it hard to transition people from outside of the film industry into lighthouse films because they're not— like if I feel like if you've worked in the film industry and so many people are out of work right now and I hope it I hope everybody gets back to work soon but like you work nights you're on the road you work 24 hours in a row you're not eating well you're not like you almost like how how do you deal with that so first of all transitioning people from outside the film industry second of all how do you make sure your employees are like holistically taking care of themselves because it is odd it can be odd hours right gosh that it's really hard, and we talk with Beth a lot about this, so I'll try to answer your multi-tier question. Um, most of the people that come to us are already from the film industry, so they know that they've signed up for Cray Cray. Um, yeah. Every now and then, we have someone, like our office manager, uh, we really needed someone that was excellent with numbers and accounting and, and um, managing an office and a facility, so she came from outside the film industry. And actually, it's pretty awesome because we have these industry standards that no one questions. Now, the ones with, for safety and all of that, of course. Yeah. Like, however, sometimes we will do the same thing over and over and over again until someone doesn't understand why. And then they'll, why do you do it this way? And the next thing we know, we're like, we don't know. It's how it's always <laughs> been done. you know. And then sometimes there's better solutions out there. So it's good to have someone from a different perspective ask those why questions. So that's that's been really great. Um, people understand when they get into the film industry, it is a really challenging lifestyle. Yeah. Um, what's hard about having a production company, and we value family so much, is that we want to give work-life balance. So I tell people all the time, like, we're trying something impossible. We're trying to give our employees work-life balance. But we're still in the film industry, and we're yeah. gonna, we're going to do our very best. Um, but it is what do you not do? What easy. do you do? Like, what's something unique that you guys have like deployed that maybe other film companies don't offer? A reduced work week. So on Fridays, our teams, if they don't have any pressing deadlines, leave at one o'clock. Oh. And so, and the reason that we do that is uh, we know the film industry is crazy. And we know the very next week, you may not be able to go grocery shopping. You may be working late. You may be traveling. And and so uh, that gives you time to get a haircut, an oil change, walk your dog, all those things. Uh, we also have something kind of informal called wrap days. And we try to put it on the calendar where if some of our team members are going to be out for a certain period of time on production, or let's say they're working both Saturday and Sunday, we're going to put a wrap day like before the shoot or after the shoot so they can just like have a day to pack, unpack, you know, Go to Rest. the bank. That was a big thing. Going, yeah. remember when there was, I was like, I just need to get in front of the bank. It's like, can't you do that online? But there was like that need to go yeah. into the bank. Yeah. yeah, because people need to understand. Like some these can be like ten days in a row, sixteen hour days. Mm -hmm. You're traveling. Like the days are very physical and they're taxing. And uh, so, yeah, just building in some of that downtime when we can. It's good. I think one thing that you do, and it's so funny because I'm included in so much, but man, I wish I was included in this one thing. <laughs> you, they take the whole team to Baldhead 
They rent oh. a house, and then they have this week of, not, not a week, long weekend. Like four nights. Yeah, That's four super nights. Nice. And then they have scavenger hunts. They cook. Different people cook. We have brought yoga instructors out, um, team building people out. It's it's been amazing. You guys are very generous. Like for the three years that we've known you, that's one thing. You're kind and you're generous. Even the way that she speaks is like, well, it's not a negative thing. But one of our company values is positivity. So like it just starts to get contagious after a while. I love it. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about is in the recruiting, we're still talking, mm-hmm. if we're talking about that, I know that we were able to have a really re- good recruiting session in trying to bring one of our um, post-production managers in. Can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about how we were able to get them from New York City yeah. down to little old Wilmington? That's a big deal. It was huge. Oh, so yeah. I'll let you talk and then I'll, I'll give you my two cents on attracting talent to Wilmington and the struggles there. So... A lot of people from New York and L.A. in the film industry want to know what else is out there. And so uh, a lot of those individuals look at Wilmington as an option because minus the strike right now, consistently, Wilmington has been a great option for people in the industry to move and have consistent work, raise a family. Prices are more affordable than those locations. So people will reach out and start asking us questions about what's it like to live in Wilmington. And, you know, um, however, we, you know, we can't really compete with L.A. and New York salaries and our cost of living is not as high here. So um, and that's something else we, you know, we work with Leith HR to make sure that our salaries are staying consistent with what they should be for for our region. Uh, So, yeah, we posted a position and we were getting some good applicants, and then an applicant just like kind of blew us away because he was going to be coming from um, a streaming network in New York City and was looking for a change for his family. And so I think it was just like really clearly explaining who we are, and this is the position we can offer you, but this is also like how hard we're going to try to give you a work life balance here and and then we love to brag on Wilmington too Mm -hmm, so those candidates you know you bring them in like and you book reservations that you know restaurants you want to show off and and um and Wilmington just sells itself too Mm -hmm. that's awesome it was really it it was really exciting and then it was fun on my end I did a little tiny bit but I helped him kind of make sure he had some questions about you know schools and things like that Mm -hmm. Now, granted, I didn't know every single thing, and I think I passed a little bit to you, but it was nice to talk to him um, as they were about to kind of embark on that huge change. That's a huge change. It was huge. And I, change. and I want to brag on Leith HR and Beth, too, because, you know, when you're recruiting someone that comes from a larger corporation, so I can tell you, like, hey, here's a benefit package we offer. But when you have an HR specialist, like, bragging on, let me tell you what this company's benefit packages and then it just provides this like level of professionalism that they're not only being interviewed by the company owners but then I'm like okay Beth have a great candidate here I'm going to hand him off to you for the next interview and then he's able to meet with an HR person so it just gives us a level of professionalism always be closing (laughs) (laughs) exactly Um, that's cool I mean the a lot of communities that are kind of on the rise like Wilmington North Carolina is 
um, around the U.S. struggle with talent attraction. And it's funny because once people visit they or move here to check it out for a couple of years, they never leave because they're just enthralled with the historic aspect and the beaches and everything. But um, I will say there, our Chamber of Commerce is doing some work on talent attraction campaign, and they've, like, engaged a world-renowned consulting firm called DCI, and they're targeting specifically New York, New Jersey, D.C., and then areas of Georgia that are just sick of the traffic, I'm sure, around Atlanta or whatever, and targeting them um, for some advertising to move to Wilmington, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, you know, in the next 12 or 18 months, we'll start to get some, like— national, at least recognition, and people not think we're Wilmington, Delaware. Um, oh, I know. That happens so. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it happens all the time. But I think it's wonderful, especially when we can recruit somebody and then bring them to a company like like, like, like Lighthouse. I think it, it just works, you know? I think that he's now embedded in the community, and it's great. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a huge thing, and I think you should be really proud of that. Well, thank you. Let's talk about working with your husband. It seems like you guys still like each other. We do. And, and I can wrap this, like, I will put a nice tidy bow at the end of this conversation of how Leith HR also helps with that. Um, but nice. We don't know any different. Um, we got married. We're little bitty babies. I, I was 23 and he was 24. And I was, like, working nonprofits and going to grad school. He was in the film industry and I tell people all the time, if one person in your business owns a business, it means everyone. Like, mm-hmm. our kids are part of this business, too. There, there's yeah. no escaping it. Um, even if you want to have your own path, like, you are a part of that small business. And so for a while, I was struggling, you know, working at UNCW and Lighthouse. And and then we started a family. I was like, how am I going to do all of this? And and so I came over to the business full time. And, uh, yeah, it's it's all we really know. How like, long has it been? So I, I mean, Brad started working in '92 um, in the film industry, really in college, but like '92, and then I came over full time in 2005, and we moved to Wilmington. We were in Dallas. We moved to Wilmington in 2001, and yeah, like our whole married lives. I don't even know what it's like to not work with your husband? I don't know what that's like. You know. <laughs> I do know. Let me tell you how it is. <laughs> it's so funny because I I did work with, I've so, told this story so many times everyone's sick of it, but I worked with my husband in his business. Same thing. We had little kids. I was dragged into it anyway, and I was working in nonprofits, very weird, and then decided to just go full-time working at the company. But it just was, it. I see you guys do it. I'm like, dang, I wish I would have known you back then <laughs> because, like, we did not do anything right at all. But it seems like you guys have just a lot of respect for each other, and you each have different, um, like, your worlds kind of mesh, but they're also, you, you have a definite pillar of what you're responsible for. I think that helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Brad is super creative. And like Beth was saying, like, it's important that he has that space to be creative. So that means if I can take operational things off of his plate, then he can stay creative. And that's what's best for our yeah, business and right. best for our clients and, you know, m- makes money. And then I love the operational part of it. Uh, so I can focus on that. I'm a new person working with my husband. It's been a year and a half now. And we've had some ups, we've had some downs. Oh, that doesn't go away. Yeah. 
You just um, like, learn to somehow figure it out. And I'm like a really direct communicator. And like sometimes my feedback is like a little, you know, harsh. Sorry, honey, you're doing a great job. <laughs> um, but it is tough sometimes. And like you, you, have, you kind of have to, I don't know if you find yourself doing this, but like we find ourselves like resetting our boundaries and resetting our boundaries. And we're like learning all the time, like when I shouldn't make comments about what he should be doing versus... <laughs> When he wants my feedback for real, it's it's a delicate balance of, like, what's too much for me to be chiming in as, like, the owner of the company, but not fully in the day-to-day with him anymore. Um, vers- you know, where I, before I was, like, I wanted to know all the details of everything just to make sure, like, <laughs> my company was going to survive. Um, but it's thriving, and so he's done a great job. He just has a different style than me, and so— it's, it's again, it's iterating on the boundaries there. But, you know, it could be an HR nightmare. For God's sake, he's sleeping with the owner. <laughs> <laughs> there could be something. We, we, I need to talk to you. <laughs> One thing, though, is funny is that I think we did not do well, and I don't know how you guys do, but I think that part of the struggles that we had owning a business is that we talked about it. We woke up, you know, sleeping yeah. in bed, wake up, talk about it before we even get out of bed to brush our teeth. Yeah. Then we like go to work together. We drove in separate cars, thank goodness. And then, <laughs> like, then we would talk, we would work all day. We'd come home, have dinner, talk about it. And I felt like we never shut yeah. down because I would never, like you and I would never talk about business that many hours, right? Yeah. Because we're just co-workers together. And I think that that was a huge difference. Do you, do you feel like you guys... Oh, yeah, time. like when we find, we start to get into it? the vortex of lease HR group, you know, <laughs> yeah. like for we, and then it's like, whoa, pull yourself out of here. Like, I married you for a reason. <laughs> let's talk about um, something let's other. Let's talk about something other than HR stuff. So like, for years, we would get after ourselves, like, we're going to go out to dinner. We're not going to say a single thing about business. And, you know, so we kind of gave up. And so <laughs> we we just, like, talk about business all the time. But I started feeling not so bad about it because I had a friend come up to me and she was like, you and Brad must have the most interesting things to talk about. Um, my husband and I just talk about cleaning supplies and who's picking the kids up. And, and I <laughs> That's never, a nice perspective. Really I had never, I was like, we do have a lot to talk it's a nice about. perspective. Yeah. Because if I think about it, we are very lucky to be talking about all of our lovely clients and like things that you guys are dealing with and growing team. I was talking like about Pollution and air <laughs> testing. No wonder. <laughs> I don't really that's true. That's true. About. Like, 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 like Brad's bouncing off creative ideas with me. So it, it is like it is pretty better. exciting. Okay, I want <clears throat> to give you your tidy bow. Okay, so you probably don't even know that we do this behind the scenes, but sometimes you know an HR issue will come up and we'll be talking about it at home. Like, well, this is how I think we should handle it, and Brad's like, well, this is how I think we should handle it. Before we had Beth. Like, who knows where we would land in that? You know, <laughs> like, who knows? Kind of whoever showed up to work first, maybe. Um, and so now, if we really can't, like, have clarity, we're like, hey, Beth, we have this going on. And then she doesn't always get to hear who who won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So funny. yeah. I didn't know. Like, whose idea it was? You're but, just but totally it, objective. It, it doesn't matter because, like, we would much rather have best perspective of, like, you know, we'll tell her, like, oh, we're thinking we could do this or do this. And she's like, oh, definitely do this or like, definitely don't, don't do, do this. this. <laughs> <laughs> but especially around, like, emotional people with big feelings, having a consistent response to situations versus sort of like if you're feeling high or you're feeling low that day, like, as creatives yourself, it can be nice to have, like, a steady 
consistent brain on those types of hot employee relations issues. Yeah. And we talk about this sometimes too, because I'm a fractional HR person, so I'm not there every single day. Yeah. And so it's like I'm an inside outsider, you know? Yeah. And and that works. Like Beth comes to our office in person every other week. But if something pops up in between, like she's always available for us and our employees. Um, but the every other week just works out perfect. I mean, we're we're a company of 10 people. Yeah. Uh, when when do people usually hire like an on staff? I've heard it's like thirty or more. Or... It depends on like how many issues you've got. I mean, think about this: if you've got people like splicing cables out on the road, construction workers, thirty is probably about the right number. If you've got like software engineers, it's probably more like eighty. You know what I mean? Like because they're. It just depends, like who's low key and who's not low key. <laughs> but you know, like Beth gave us a simple advice about two years ago of sometimes you just think, oh, this is going to work itself out. You know, like, okay, it's better to just like be direct, have a conversation about it. And everyone gets immediate feedback. And then you can go forward and everyone knows kind of like, okay, this is what I need to improve on. And then they have a safe place where they can tell us like why maybe miscommunication we had or what we could have done better. That just that simple advice of like, and Beth will tell me like, you need to have this conversation tomorrow. I'm like, really? <laughs> That's awesome. We have so much going on. She's like, like, no, just, like, trust me, to have this conversation have tomorrow. tomorrow. But just that simple advice of like, um, go ahead and give feedback as you go, instead of like waiting for an Stuffing annual review it. or something. And yeah. I think that sometimes small business owners, especially when we started out, we were just, you know, annoyed with, oh, this guy is not doing his job right. And we would talk about it all the time. But it's like we had some hesitant, Never made hesitancy back. to talk to him because we were nervous that then they would, I don't know, flee or do whatever. And oh, so, my gosh. People yeah. actually really love the feedback. People want feedback. They want feedback. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Awesome. So something Especially I was afraid of is not that scary. Yeah. So here's the thing. <clears throat> so I actually, I'm on a couple of different boards, and one is like a Smithsonian-affiliated museum here in town. Um, we were going through like a mission exercise and like strategic plan yeah, and everything. mission is great. And I remember I pulled it up um, because you, I think you had told me you were like, you got to check their mission out. And when you go to the Lighthouse Films work page, it says, at Lighthouse Films, we're dedicated to capturing organic moments and jaw-dropping imagery to create emotionally charged films that connect with people, humanize brands, and above all, tell a good story. I mean, dang, that doesn't capture exactly what you guys Thank do. You. That is like A+. plus. Was that a, this is like pre-chat GPT. I mean, you guys came up with this. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was years ago. We had a great writer, a graduate from um, North Carolina School of the Arts. And he worked with us for five years and just knew us and helped us came come up, with, up that. with that. Yeah, yep. it's really cool. I love it. It's, yeah, yeah. It, tell, it tells the story, right? If that's what yeah. you are, your storytellers, yeah. it's good that it tells the story. There's so many of them that are just like, we are dedicated Stupid. to customer service. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, just like, don't even have Yeah, it. don't do it unless it's really, like, what are you really doing? I think people are afraid to say what they really are doing. Like, but you don't, right? That's exactly what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway. Um, so I was thinking about just HR nightmares with film and travel, like, 
any weird things happen. I'm like, like I thought of one right now. <laughs> I didn't now. even ask you before this. Like, any weird thing. I think about just travel in general for all the companies I've ever worked with. And, like, sometimes you'll get, like, CEOs or owners be like, well, can't we have people double up in a room? Or everybody's got a carpool together. And, like, you never know who's got, like, gastro issues or, you know, <laughs> is going through, like, I don't know. The personal issues, they got to, like, talk to their divorce attorney, like, in their hotel room. Like, I don't know. But have you guys ever had any issues or people? <laughs> I had, like, U.S. Marshals <laughs> knock a, you know, kick a door down looking for, you know, an attorney. Um, but any any just, fun issues related oh to gosh, travel like and film? so many things are going through my I've head. I have one idea, but I don't. I'll let you say it if you want to uh, say it. Well, first, I'm, as you're talking about, like, can we have separate rooms and all that, like, Early in our career, I'm thinking of an instance where, like, everyone was staying in a bunk, like, in like a road rules. Yeah, I was like, everyone was in one room in bunk beds, co-ed, no flushing toilets. Like, <laughs> like, was that good HR, Beth? Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> you know. But but sometimes filming takes you in really rural places. You know, we we were filming in a place in Vermont where where it was like. A thousand acres, and there's like one flushing toilet, and all the bathrooms were communal. Like, you know, so sometimes you can't in the film industry provide everything. Yeah, you don't know where you're going to be filming. You know, we'll do our very best. Um, but that was a long time ago when we were. What's the just next thing up. that came to mind? Okay, well, <laughs> I did have someone ask if they could bring their baby goats to work once. That were they that, cute or they were annoying? Oh, they, I said no, but they, 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 <laughs> I they can't you said no. They would have been adorable. Oh, man. But I thought it was going to be distracting. But that, <laughs> but that same day, two people brought dogs, and then the dogs were super distracting. And the person was like, my goats would have been better than this. I can't. <laughs> um, but we did let her bring her baby chicks to work um, one day. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> um, but I'm thinking of an instance where we were down in Mexico filming and our permit ended at 11. Um, and so we filmed up to 11 and then we started to wrap our gear well, our local production crew, we think, tipped off oh the local gosh. police. And then they came and they were like, we're going to put, you know, everything's going in jail. Everything's being confiscated, you know, unless you pay us. And they, whatever oh, the amount cool. of money was, and yeah, it had nice. to be like immediately in it. their hands. And then once people saw that we were just like paying money, like everyone started lining up. And oh, my God. <laughs> No idea if you can keep that story or not. It's kind of crazy. So um, Brad never gets spooked by anything. Um, And he called me. He's like, he was going to stay a few extra days and film. He's like, you got to fly me back. Um, I got to get this gear back into the United States as soon as possible. And also another layer in that trip, customs did not check our equipment into Mexico properly. Oh, There's all these things you have to do with carnets where they have to check every single piece of equipment to make sure you come back with every piece of equipment so, you know, so they can't prove that you were down there selling it. Uh. So they were trying to get across the border, and they look at our carne, and they're like, no one checked you into Mexico. Like, and Gosh. So, yeah, like, they had, they could have, and it was no fault of our own. Customs did it wrong. They could have confiscated all of our gear. We're talking, like, 26 cases. Of um, thousands and thousands, thousands of, dollars. of dollars. Millions. Yeah. 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 Oh, my million. God. Um, yeah. Oh. And like. <laughs> <A> million. <laughs> tomato, tomato. But everything worked out okay. 
Yeah. They, they, I, the customs people kind of looked at all of our gear and they're like, just go. <laughs> doing work in Mexico, doing work, I guess, anywhere outside of the States, you just, yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of laws and cultural customs, but Mexico in particular, I mean, I've worked for a company where, like, drug mules, like, worked inside the company's, like, local facilities and would load stuff up in the back of tractor trailers, and, like, the company was liable, and... Um, one of the local leaders for the company ended up being like a major drug cartel, and we had- he was like the HR person, <laughs> <laughs> and he was the mayor of the town and was like the chief drug Seriously? cartel. Yeah, were you like? Um, yeah. I didn't know the guy. We went to one time. We went to Poland with the company with my ex husband, and they were like, "Oh, my friends, we can't get your equipment out of customs." But if you give us $500, we can. Oh. And we're like, we are stuck because we had to go. And so we're like, we don't know if, we're, like, are we being filmed, right. being bribed? <laughs> so we were, we didn't know what to do. We called our attorney in the United States, and he's like, well, I don't do international law. We're like, cool. well, we're here. We need help. To and pay so, or not to pay? Like, yeah. do I negotiate with this so person? Like, we would you take dollars And sure enough, we got them to drive it to facility it was really but you just wonder like it was if I really give you 500 yeah. will you then ask me now you know I have 500 will right. you ask me for a thousand bucks now and then how much are you going to extort me for and I felt like we didn't have enough time to think you know no. we didn't have enough time and to you think. get nervous you're like yeah. in another country like what if I get put in jail right you learn from every experience and so like our key thing is if we're going to go internationally or an area that we just are not familiar with at all you have a local fixer and so that person just. Ooh. How do you find that? I this want to have that person. I'm like, that's what we are. <laughs> local fixers. You are Wilmington oh local fixers. I want like a hat. Mm-hmm. Shades. It's like, local, the, you know, the woof. T-shirt. <laughs> local <laughs> fixer. Yeah. I love that. I like it's it too. so cool. I would love to know that. So how do you find a local fixer? Oh, you just. Well, okay. Okay. The, the, <laughs> the film industry ends up being a pretty small community. Okay. So you just start reaching out to people that maybe have done work in that area. So, so much of the film industry is word of mouth. And that's usually how we find individuals. Cool. hmm So what do fixers do? Um, okay. So let's say you're going to like Singapore and you know nothing about it. So they're going to tell you like, okay, the... I would choose a hotel in, like, this part of town. Mm-hmm. Or um, I'm going to, they know maybe a company to rent vans from that are, you know, trustworthy, punctual. Like Not going to disappear. Just, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> One's they just know all and... that inside information. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. It ends up being Venmo pretty critical. Or... <laughs> How do you pay a fixer? I feel, I'm like... With a, Check or, oh, or direct deposit. Like or, yeah, I'm thinking about Pulp Fiction. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's like the wolf. It's like the wolf. But, wolf. like, I mean, I guess they're like a producer, but they yeah. have so much inside knowledge. And they're they called a the fixer. Inside. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. We're changing cool. our titles. <laughs> yeah. Fixer. We're going to change our titles. Um, I think it's fitting for y'all. Yeah, I like it. I'm into it. There, there's it. a new one that says, uh, call, I'm calling HR. And, and Andy was going to put our logo all over That's the back. Cute. So this. Um, okay. So what's been your favorite project in the last 12 months or so? Oh, my gosh. That's a really tough question. So we have been doing an unbelievable campaign with Twisted Tea um, owned by Boston, Boston Beer. Yeah. Yeah. They're so fun. So and the the planning is fun. The clients are unbelievable. 
It's taken us to some really cool places. So that's the first thing that comes to mind. Where'd you yeah. get to go? Um, so several things. We get to go to cool places. So we have filmed in like Mammoth, California, mm. up um, in a gorgeous lake in New Hampshire. Uh, but we also, oh, Miami, Atlanta. So, But we also have gotten to encourage them to film in North Carolina. Oh, that's very cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, three times. Wow. Yeah, so twice in Wilmington, and we have a production coming up in the Triangle. So nice. that always makes we us feel good. We should have been drinking Twisted Teas. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Pause. I haven't had one. <laughs> All of a sudden, the next clip. Hi. <laughs> but those creative meetings are so much fun to be a part of because nothing's off the table. Yeah. You know, like. They're just trying to look like they're having a party and. Well, those are real people. Okay. The commercials are real Instagram twisted tea diehards. Like okay. those. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's yeah. It's, it's real talent. That's awesome. What other questions did you have? I was thinking of something that was a, was a sort of a nature nightmare that it wasn't. But I think that's too. so interesting is that. You know, you have the professional company, and then you're working with so many contracted staff people. You mentioned contractors, and so one of our write-ins was about um, contractors. And as you're a small business, that we deal with this a lot, but moving from 1099s to employees and thinking about benefits and contracts. And um, when you guys first started, is that something that you had to deal with, or are you still dealing with that? What's kind of your relationship with your employees, and how do you sort of figure out the balance of what to do with contractors versus employees? Yeah, great question, <clears throat> and we're always thinking about it. So, like, Brad and I never really set out to own a production company. It's just something that happens over time. You know, we got one employee and then a second employee, and— However, the film industry, you're always going to work with contractors because there's no way we could ever afford a staff of people, a specialized colorist, a specialized visual effects person. Like, So when we have those needs and we can't handle it in-house, then we're going to contract out for like that project. Um, but it, it is tough knowing, like, okay, wh- when is it time to add that person to our staff? And then, you know— we we talked to Beth a lot about that. And so I think you kind of consistently look like, okay, are we ha- hiring the same type of contractor over and over yeah. and over again? And then you look at the math of like, okay, would it make more sense that this person is a staff person instead of a contractor? So you're just always weighing those pros and cons. Yeah. Um, we use 1099 for the consultants at Leith HR Group, and it's just— I would say making sure that the contract, we review the contracts every couple of years, like with attorneys, and we make sure that's like fair and enforceable. And it's like, seems we, we go back and forth, like just to make sure everybody feels okay about the terms, right? But it's really important that you use um, an employment attorney to write your contracts that is like listening to what your business does because. It's easy to go on like legal zoom and download exactly. a boilerplate and, the wrong, that's and the it's wrong kind of thing. oftentimes like referencing things that don't even make sense for like in our case, like a consulting firm, it could be a lot different than what your contracts look like for a grip or yeah. a special effects person or what a construction company's contract would look like for a graphic designer for a specific project or whatever, an ad agency. So anyway, I would just recommend that people just really think it's it's worth the money to just go out and like get a professional to listen, digest, and create a contract that's specific to your, your business. Um, but then also like 
if people want to be employees, you should maybe be talking about that every once in a while or at least giving the space to bring it up as an option. I mean, yeah, and I think you really need to work with your accounting folks just to make sure like when you forecast out the need versus how much time like for different companies, it's going to be different um, kind of scenarios. Right. Mm -hmm. But with yours, because they're kind of in and out so often, they're not kind of with us every single you know, 52 weeks. They're not here 50 weeks a year. And mm-hmm. so it might not work for that. But yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking All right. Craziest HR story of all time. <laughs> HR nightmare of all time. Doesn't have to be at Lighthouse Films. Could have been before. I don't know. <laughs> She's so nice. <laughs> yeah, she forgave everyone. She's like, they're I'm okay. not The lady that tried enough. to get naked on her set. <laughs> yeah, the like, guy okay. who took the one soon. flushable the bathroom before she had a chance to go. Like, she forgives everyone. <laughs> that person in Mexico is like putting them in jail. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was Gosh. a pretty, that's a good story. Yeah. A bad, a good, a bad story that ended well. So I'm happy that. But the film industry is really. Up. I mean, it's so so interesting. I'm sure there's probably things you probably think of them tomorrow. What's one yeah. thing that you like for everybody to know about the film industry in general, and specifically like the benefits that it brings to a community? We're sort of a, a small city in southeastern North Carolina with big dreams and and a, and a big history of doing film right and attracting great producers or directors from big cities now. I mean, come here. The work-life balance is amazing. Quality of life is awesome. In Wilmington, North Carolina, we want you all. Um, But, like, talk to us about just what film can do for a community from, like, an economic development standpoint, a cultural standpoint. Sure. Oh, the film community and the creative community in Wilmington is unbelievable because you've alluded to this. So many people have hand-chosen Wilmington to be their forever home. So we have amazing talent from people that have lived here their whole lives. We have amazing talent that have chosen to move here from all over the United States and and the globe even. So we really, the the crew and the talent we have in Wilmington rivals anything that you're going to find anywhere else. And so that's one of the reasons we attract people to choose to do their projects here. Um, Their features, the shows, independent films, Anyone that comes here to film, they just are blown away by the crew and how they're, they're like, they're, they're so down to earth. They're so hardworking. They're so positive. Um, because when when any of us are succeeding, we're all succeeding because our, our community is so tight-knit. That's cool. Yeah. So, And it's amazing how film is like a glass of water that just spreads out to our entire community. Um Downtown restaurants are going to do better. Rental cars are going to do better. Hotels are going to do. It's truck rental places. Everything. People are going to go to Best Buy and big, big screen TVs and lumber yeah. and everything. I mean, it's just everything. You know, think about um, catering, props, yeah. wardrobe, like, uh, and you want to source as much as that local. So if you need to do right. a, a quick change, you can just like Lighting, run, run and exchange yeah. it. Yeah. Um, event places are going to like they're going to be renting more tents and more chairs, and it's unbelievable what film can bring economically um, to a community. Uh, and I think the f- local film commission here is like WilmingtonFilmCommission.com or something, mm-hmm. and there's all kinds of really cool details about shows that have been filmed here before, and um, the the 
production companies that are headquartered here and the kinds of clients that they work with. So go check that out um, and get involved. I mean, we got a really cool film festival once a year, right? Yeah, Kukaloris is fun. Uh, you know, go the see. Go see. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was just voted one of the coolest um, film festivals in the United States. So. It is fun. Um, the vibe is awesome. Go see, you know, a film, a block of films, get a pass, go to some of the events. It's it's great. Awesome. Cue Caloris. Um, any final thoughts? No, just thanks for having me. Thank I you. Love, for, I love working with you. Uh, we, we love Beth. And she th- helps us so much. We love Beth, too. Yay. And Beth is a Beth Beth. Local fixer. Um, Andrea, thank you so thank much. You. Yeah, thank this, you. This was here. fun. And uh, this is another episode of HR Nightmares. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit subscribe so you never go without another episode and you get alerted when new ones pop up. But you can listen to us um, anywhere where you listen to podcasts. And then also we love it when you watch on YouTube. You can see um, all of our crazy expressions. So thank you so much. (laughs) Have a great day.